Welcome to Paint Radio with your host, Emily Howard and Andrew Dwyer. Paint Radio, Mission Vacation Paint Radio, the best type of paint radio. I'm Andrew. Emily, how are you? I am doing A-OK. Well, there's a good old-fashioned 70s phrase you don't hear much. <laughs> A-OK. A-OK. Good for you. This is episode seven. <clears throat> we are so deep into Mission Vacation with Eric Crane of Always Painting in beautiful northern Minnesota. Eric, how are you, good sir? I'm doing great this week. You know, and of course, representing Nolan Consulting, we've got our good friend, Brian Nolan. Brian, how are you? If I was any better, I'd be Andrew Dwyer. Woo! You know, terrific. We've, uh, I'm terrific. we've missed you, man, because we've, we've enjoyed chatting with uh, – you've got a great team there. This is what Mission Vacation is all about is building a great team, and we've enjoyed chatting with, with Catherine and Andrew, but it's good to have you back. Uh, but, man – I just I have to uh, commend you on an excellent team. I know Emily for a very long time has been wishing she had a great teammate. I have. It's true. But Brian, well, you certainly assembled the, the all-star team over there at uh, yeah, you know, Nolan it, Consulting. It uh, shouldn't be lost uh, the fact that I've I've walked in the shoes of Eric and other small business owners, and it was just me and. I, I got stuck in the hourglass a lot, and um, I realized that I started loving my business again when I built a team, and they started to um, share the insomnia with me. Yeah, yeah. So let me give a, a, a reset in case, you know, we get new listeners every week on Paint Radio. So if you're new to Paint Radio or new to Mission Vacation, this is our signature editorial series at American Painting Contractor, Mission Vacation. Season two, Eric Crane's the lucky winner, and we get a ride alongside as he works with the good folks at Nolan Consulting Group, nolancg.com. They take a hard, long look at Eric's business, at Eric, what he's good at, where he struggles, where the business is succeeding, where it's falling short, what Eric wants uh, as far as success, and then the Nolan Consulting helps build a map and a, and a path to get there. And we're on episode seven. Uh, have to thank our sponsors who make all this possible. Graco, of course, Graco is sponsoring the Graco Listen and Win contest where you can win an airless sprayer with Blue Link technology. Password today, by the way, you should know this. If you've been listening, you can enter every time there's a podcast, every time there's an article in the magazine about Mission Vacation. You use the key phrase, which this week is consistency. Enter that at the Mission Vacation page at paintmag.com. Boom. You could win a Graco Ultramax 2. Graco, the awesome top sponsor of Mission Vacation, joined with Frog Tape and Arrowworthy and Sandbox Zero. Sandbox Zero sponsoring this podcast. If you're not familiar with Sandbox Zero, check them out at sandboxzero.net. They basically help you with all things technology. They're especially whizzes at Office 365 and Teams, but basically you, you sign up with them and they'll help you. Just like Brian is helping Eric with all aspects of his business, Sandbox Zero helps you with all aspects of technology. Emily, I know you love tech. You accumulate a ton of tech. I bet you Sandbox Zero would help you sort of organize all that. You've got 
Nintendo, you've got Tamagotchi, you've got your MySpace page, your Napster, your Friendster. Duck Hunt, I know you're a big fan of. You should call that box zero. They could really help you organize all that stuff. That would be fantastic. And maybe even suggest some updates. <laughs> and then I'm sure next there's time, been a few. <laughs> instead of saying A-OK, you might say something more hip and current like groovy. <laughs> so you never know. Anyway, thank you to Sandbox Zero. We're going to talk to them later in the podcast. So, Mission Vacation, where are we with Eric? So, big part of the uh, of the process, the consulting process, is Brian and his team working with Eric to to identify the rocks, the the big initiatives that Eric needs to undertake to improve and uh, and update his business structure. So, we were going to talk about Rock Three today which is all about hiring, but we've decided because guess what? Eric is human. And it turns out that, man, this mission vacation, it's a difficult mission. And he's encountered some struggles, some roadblocks, some bumps, if you're being kind. So we're going to sort of review rocks one and two um, and some struggles he's had. Uh, and we're going to hold off on the hiring aspect for the next podcast. So to start this off, Brian, let's start with you and just talk about that process. I've talked before on Mission Vacation where if you're a marathoner, you know you're going to hit the wall at some point, whether it's mile 12, 15, 17, you're going to feel you're going to hit the wall and you're going to think you've got nothing left. That's just you know it's going to happen. It's just a question of when. Is that true when it comes to restructuring your business? Are some people lucky enough to just glide through it and Say, wow, that was great. Thanks, Brian. Or does everybody hit a wall? Well, I mean, the difference between uh, successful leaders, uh, successful businesses, and those businesses that sort of hit a ceiling is the ability uh, to push through uh, when you encounter problems. Uh, You will encounter problems. Implementation is never as easy as it sounds intellectually. Uh, We set a vision and then... You wish you could just snap your fingers and make it so, and then life happens. So implementation failure, implementation roadblocks, uh, discouragement, um, is this really worth it? All those come into play with any business leader that does anything great. And Eric, again, just before we get into the specifics of your struggles, I mean, how much have the struggles challenged you? I mean, have, do you get to the point where you think, man, I, I don't know if this is going to work or I don't I don't know if I can do this. Or is it simply, well, this is kind of harder than I expected, but I'm pretty confident I'll get through it. Where are you with your mindset dealing with the struggle? Um, well, I think every business owner probably evaluates all the time constantly going, is this worth it? Um, maybe I should just sell, <laughs> you know. Um, but my mindset is I might have that come in, but I'm always the end goal. I'm always looking towards that end goal. So the struggle, I I know it's always going to be there, but the gold is at the end of the, the struggle. So we'll, we we will keep pushing through. Wow. So that attitude, Brian, that, that can-do attitude, that in, incredibly high level of confidence and enthusiasm that Eric has, that's got to make him an ideal candidate for your coaching, right? Or for- well, it does. You know, it does, and it's why he was selected to be part of, of this journey. And it, it's his ability to – to see problems and not get overwhelmed by them, but to take a step back and see them as an opportunity to improve. Uh, 
water runs downhill and it's you, you're going to hit. Uh, you know, I, I also use the uh, skiing analogy. I'm I'm a skier and I ski big mountains and I go down and I'm I'm moving quick and then rocks happen. You got to be agile. Uh, you can't you can't freeze. Otherwise, you're going to hit the rock. So he's agile. He, he's making a move that this uh, most recent coaching call uh, last last Friday is probably worth a, a discussion. And we're going to talk about obstacles in his first two rocks, the sort of, uh, you know, putting positions in place. And then second, the whole the the whole area of financial systems. And we were going to hit the third rock today, recruiting. But, you know, it, it's a slow journey. It's a marathon. And we really need to make sure we overcome the obstacles in these first two. So it might be good for Eric to talk a little bit about the obstacles in these rocks that he's hitting and how we're going to overcome so Eric, yeah, let's let's give us an update. How how are things going? Where are you hitting some challenges? Right. So like Brian said, you know, we're not going to be going over recruiting. Um, one of the reasons is is uh, with a lot of change, you can feel like there's lots of holes in your ship. So that to add more people, it's almost like you're adding you're you're trying to add people to a ship that that almost kind of feels like it's going down. Um, even though it's not, we're just, we're getting some water, but we need to patch those holes and, and work through them as a team. So this just happened yesterday. This is, this is crazy. So last week had a meeting with the field supervisors and basically sold the vision and been doing that, getting everybody excited. Um, asked, I need guys that are all in or we can find a different different role for you. You maybe not a field supervisor, you're a crew leader. There's there's other options here. And the response was, yeah, we're in. Let's do this. Um, and yesterday, one of my field supervisors comes in, and right away in the morning, before everybody's here, seven thirty, we're getting things ready, and he's like, oh, I, I I just I I just need next week off. Um, just with everything's changing. Uh, what's going on in the world. I don't know if I want this role. Um, uh, so I just need some time to think about this. And in my mind, when I say I'm all in, I am all in. It's, it's let's do this. And, and I don't stop until it's, it's done. And that kind of threw me for a little bit. So I had to go into, okay, well, this other guy, it's not that you're equal maybe, but we want to make him equal. And, and we began to discuss why we need to bring people that are lower up to maybe his ability or his strength level um, so that the whole team can grow. So he's still taking next week off, but that's a, that's a huge bump because I was full steam ahead and now I got to pull way back and kind of navigate through those waters and see if he is even the right guy for that role. Um, so it was a little disheartening, definitely lots of conversations with my wife that night and so that's kind of where we're at with with that. I believe my organizational chart is exactly where I want it to be. We have moved a lot of pieces around. Um, it makes sense to everybody. It's just people's feelings and their emotions that, that come into play a lot of times. And for a person like me, I'm a decision maker. I'm not, I don't go off my feelings most of the time. So those are, those are some of my struggles right now. So, Eric, that's uh, boy, this is talk about real world issues. This is absolutely I'm sure everybody listening is nodding their head. They know exactly what you're dealing with and they can't wait to hear the solution from Brian about what what they should do. Um, but I also want to say this is obviously a, a big part of the first rock 
that we talked about in previous podcasts about how you and Brian worked on creating a new organizational chart complete with product or uh, position descriptions. And so, Brian, talk a little bit really for the benefit of our listeners, not really for the the benefit of Eric, because he already knows this. What is the reason for why did you think Eric and Always Painting needed a new organizational chart? The organizational chart is the opposite of the hourglass. The hourglass is when everything runs through you. The organizational chart, and if you if you pull some language from Michael Gerber and the E-Myth, he says the systems run the business and the people run the systems. So what systems are going to get done by what roles? And so if you're trying to untangle all the things from what the owner is doing and align them with different functions, uh, then you take a step back. And you look at your business like a blueprint and blueprint is looking down on it. What systems belong in what roles and uh, who's accountable to do what? It, it untangles the business from the owner and makes it so that they're not they're not involved in everything. Absolutely. And so the field supervisor, Eric, how long was was that gentleman in that position? Yeah, so he's been with us uh, for four years. Um, I, you know, when we started with Brian, his, his title at that time was operations manager. Um, since then operation manager means something different to us. Um, so he's probably been functioning in this role for, um, a little over a year. Um, he's been doing a good job at it, but I think he thought he had a higher title than and and so did I, to be honest. I thought his role would have been production manager in our mind. Um, but going through this, uh, I'm just not sure he was the right guy for that. And we've talked about that in past podcasts. Um, so I think he kind of feels a few things like he has stepped down in the company and somebody else has stepped up to be equal with him. Um, even though his day-to-day responsibilities have not changed, um, we've just made them more clear. Um, so I think we're dealing with two things. Um, the world of comparison, which is always a dangerous thing with both of my field managers, him seeing somebody that's not quite as qualified coming up to his level. Um, but with training to get to his actual, uh, capabilities. Um, and then the, the other guy thinks this, this gentleman has all the good painters. Um, so I think it's the world of comparison. They're comparing each other, who's better, who's not, instead of looking at the big picture of the team. Um, even though it's all in front of them, job descriptions are in front of them. We've been preaching oneness. The organizational chart is in front of them. The vision, everything has been repeated multiple times. They agree with everything. They're just, it's, they're just in the world of comparison and, and struggling with it. So oh, next we'll navigate through. Yeah, and human emotion is absolutely a part of all of this, and not just yours, everybody on your team. So, Brian, what do you suggest? My guess is is that Eric is not the only one who's gone through something like this, but when you're making changes and people are wondering their value and and they're they're actually digesting the vision um, and what it means to them, what do you advise in a scenario like this? Well, you know, the first thing is for um, Eric to realize that to uh, coin uh, one of my favorite authors, Matthew Kelly, this is crazy time. And crazy time happens, it's this um, period of time before something new is fully implemented. 
and it's going to feel crazy. It's going to feel like writing with your alternative hand. And this is going to take a lot of patience on the owner's side, leader side to have one on one conversations. And one of my favorite topics is image extension. So um, just we rolled out a position vision. Now we need to extend the image of what these people think they can accomplish. So we need to raise their ceilings and see if that's the right role. Not everybody's going to be able to to uh, take on these roles. And there's going to be a lot of one on one uh, with you and and the people on your leadership team uh, to see if it's it's the right role. Saying that you believe in them, saying, you know, it's going to be tough, saying it's crazy time going back to your vision uh, and then and then always circling back to make sure it's a fit and making sure that they know they have an out if there's another if they can't do that role maybe this this person belongs in a different role not quite as advanced well and for this person in particular too you know Eric something that you talked about a couple of weeks ago was when you went to the team and you said you asked about the culture and you wanted it to be a culture of we but what you were hearing is is that's a culture of me mm. Brian Correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like this person right now is considering themselves before they're considering the team and the company. Yeah, you nailed it. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, th- this is where where Eric's going to have to use his high D a little bit. If you remember Disc, his, his dominance, his directness, and he sh- may want to say things like, you know, when I said that team is one of the values I meant it. And uh, you, too, and me, we are a team and you've got to decide whether you're on uh, this train. Because this train has left the station and we are a team. So you've got to almost demand team. Eric, can I ask, too, like what did that how did you react in that in that situation? Because I know that had to have been a little bit disheartening. Uh, yeah. You know, I think I've been doing this quite a quite a long time. And anytime somebody wants to talk to me on a Monday morning right away, I know it's, it's going to be uneasy. So I just try to calm myself as the first thing and listen. Um, so I, I have not, I have not responded fully yet. So I'm giving my tell myself uh, time to chew on this. Um, you know, we'll probably meet Thursday morning before the end of the week, talk through this, because um, he was well aware of the schedule and schedules around here before the 4th of July are always just crazy. Um, so to take a week off, you know, I'm just going to ask a lot of questions. I don't want to sell it to him. I think he is the right guy for the job. Like Brian said, though, he does need me to tell him how valuable he is and that we are uh, one team. But we'll we will see. It's a constant moving moving target right now um, is how I feel because I am just trying to put people in the right seats. And if it's not, if it's not a role that he wants, then that is okay. Yeah. I, I really like how you're, you're doing a PRC pause, reflect and choose. So you're not letting it get, you're not going to respond right away. You're reflecting on this. So it's not an emotional response, right? It's a, it's a selective a choice how you want to respond, which is good that you're doing the meeting Thursday. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't pay for both of us to be running on high emotions. 
<laughs> that's, that's, that's going to be a bad meeting. So <laughs> you've had that before. <laughs> yes. That's true. Well, can I say too, one change that I've noticed in you too, just your discussion in this podcast versus, you know, previous, some of our earlier podcasts is, is that your mindset has changed to team. So you talked about holes in the boat earlier and you're talking about how we are going to fix those holes together. You can see that you're not taking on the full responsibility of fixing everything and doing everything that you really are thinking about. How do I instruct others um, to to fix those holes, which which sounds to me like a, a very good move forward. Brian, are you hearing that like in your in your coaching calls with with Eric? Are you seeing change in his own mindset? Yeah, I mean, uh, subtle things like he's saying we instead of I all the time, mm-hmm. right? We. And uh, I think once he grabbed on to the fact that uh, team is everything, he's he's not going back. That that just became sort of that, that value became in his DNA now. So I'm definitely seeing that. Like I said, this episode of Mission Vacation sponsored by one of her excellent Mission Vacation sponsors, Sandbox Zero, and joining us now is Rick Kennerson. He's the founder and CEO of Sandbox Zero. Rick, how you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. So, obviously, many of our listeners are familiar with Sandbox Zero, but maybe they don't know everything that Sandbox Zero offers. Give us, give us the elevator pitch. Walk us through some of the, some of what Sandbox Zero can do for a painting contractor. What some of the services that we offer are um, IT managed solutions. But what makes us different than just a normal IT managed solutions company is that we are specialists in organizational change management for achieving organizational excellence. We really are concerned about understanding where the client is today, where they want to go, and then that gap between them. And so Sandbox Zero comes in, helps you understand what your business needs are, and how technology will help support those business needs, what rocks you have, and how technology can help you accomplish those. Well, we certainly are familiar with rocks here at Mission Vacation. When you talk about organizational change management, dive a bit deeper into that. Absolutely. Organizational change management is about an org, whether they be one people or a thousand people, and their culture. And I think more and more people are starting to talk about culture because they realize that even a, a husband and wife team has a culture, right, <laughs> yeah. between them. And anybody that comes in underneath them gets the, the wonderful privilege of being part of that culture, and hopefully it's a good one. <laughs> so <laughs> our organizational change management is looking at your culture and what needs to change to evolve, to get better, uh, taking that kind of gut check, if you will, and say, well, we're not exactly where we want to be. What do we need to do better? Are we going to change that? And, and um not only are we going to change it, but where we look at is in order to move those rocks, you have to change it. Um, I'm going to quote something here. I, I love Einstein when he said, um, we can't uh, change our current problems using the same mentality that we used to make them or something like that. And so it really <laughs> is about is it is about looking at our culture, why we're where we're at, and being able to honestly go, do you want to be better or not? A regular IT managed service does not offer that. We have created hundreds of solutions for large companies and small companies alike and really have realized it doesn't matter if it's just one or two people or if you've got a thousand, you really have to look at the culture so that whatever solution you bring in, they will embrace it and adopt it. 
Rick, when you talk about IT, give us a little more detail about what specific types of IT you guys work with with contractors. So it's a small company. It really, both from a standpoint of just what you, how you do your invoices and, you know, what software program you use, what hardware you use for that, to how you communicate using cell phones and tablets, to maybe you're a little bit larger and you have your own servers that you use for project management or um, for different things that you do. That. Maybe your financials, maybe your ERP system, maybe your CRM system. So Sandbox Zero, our specialty is what we call cloud. Um, we are very experienced with a hybrid situation where we work with a one or two or three person shop that might have a computer on premises, but then they still want to do this financial stuff and we help them. We hook them up with cloud solutions that, that will meet their needs. Cool. I understand at Sandbox Zero, you've got a roadmap specific for painting contractors that sounds really interesting. If a contractor wants to take advantage of that, how do they do that? How, what does that roadmap entail? How you take advantage of it is you go to our website, and that is sandboxzero.net forward slash apc.htm. What it entails is we sit down with you. We give you to the uh, for the APC community, we give you one free hour where we walk in. We sit down together virtually, of course, <laughs> and we find out where you are today, where you need or want to go. And that gap, we create a roadmap for you, a high level roadmap. And we do that in one one to two hours. And you could decide if you'd like to get our help on implementing that, or at least you have that for yourselves. I love it. Rick, we're so excited and happy that Sandbox Zero is sponsoring Mission Vacation. Obviously, Rick and his team, not only do they have the expertise, but man, Rick has the enthusiasm. Hit them up. They can help you out. Thank you, Andrew. Eric, we're talking about challenges you're having as recently as this morning with your crew. There's nothing more real world than that. Um, We've also talked in previous podcasts about your desire to have a production manager. That certainly has been a moving target for you. Give us a, a status report on hiring or identifying a production manager. What's crazy is going through all this, uh, people, uh, they know that I'm, I'm working with Brian and um, some friends and family have read through the vision, you know, just to, I, I just think it's, it's good to run it by people that you respect and that can give you honest feedback. And, and through that, I've actually had somebody that has come to me and wants this production manager role. Um, but again, I, 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 my first response now is to hit pause um, and, and just not not jump on things. I wanted to circle back with Brian and and even Catherine and and one thing that Catherine said was you know you you always hire talent and I'm like oh that's awesome yeah I should just hire them but then I got to thinking I'm like wow I don't even know where we we really are financially if I can if I can take on that role. Because in the past, I would just leap and try to figure it out on the way down. Um, but I'm trying to be a little more organized, a little more, I don't know, just aiming in the right direction. So everything's in place before we jump. And then talking to Brian, and we both agree that we're, I'm just not, my company's not to that level. Um, and it's great working with him because he knows, well, at this level, yep, you should have this this amount of staff. At this level, you should have this amount of staff. And and without even being having our numbers all in place, 
working with Brian, he was able to go, yeah, it's probably not time. So I've been able to circle back with that person, tell him where we're at. And he's okay with that. He's like, yeah, just let me know and we can revisit this. And it's a job that I want. So I'm willing to wait. So a no is not always a no and a yes, you know, sometimes can wait. So was it a, so was that more of a a financial decision or was it an organizational decision or was it just like, I I need to get my ducks in a row first? Yeah, I think that's a a financial decision because organizational, I want to hand that part off. Um, I think I've been waiting for that for a long time, but if we're not ready financially, I could hand things off to somebody and then not be able to, to pay for them and then lose them. And then we go, we go way back. That sets us way back. So I want to take small steps forward so that we can, I guess, say, lose a few battles to win the war, I guess, or just slow them down, be, be strategic. So speaking of other organizational structure, filling additional, uh, identifying new roles, filling those roles, a big part, we talked about this in the last podcast, uh, rock number two, you're, you're revamping your financial systems. And part of that is creating a new role for a bookkeeper. Um, that, I mean, you identified very early on, Eric, that this was going to be one of the challenges that you face. Uh, give us an update. Have you created the bookkeeping role and have you filled it? Uh, yes. Yeah. We hired a bookkeeper. Um, she's probably been with us, I think probably three weeks now. Um, we also moved Sarah, which was kind of the office manager at that time, into um, a finance manager and uh, HR role. So yes, we, we we've filled them. So we're working on those. And has it been smooth sailing? What are the, what are the bumps involved in this process? I don't think anything has been smooth sailing in this process. I'm I'm still excited about the process, and I see gold at the end. So again, my personality: you give me the job. I just go. So I'm learning a lot in how to communicate with people. Um, we had we have we set out like weekly financial meetings. Um, it was a week ago. We were supposed to have our first financial meeting. I'm ready. I have all my stuff ready. I show up, and it's like, oh, good. What are we doing today? <laughs> so that was a shock to me because we have the job description, we have the layout of what's supposed to be gone over in the meeting. And I show up and I'm the only one ready. So that was eye opening to me uh, that that there was just no urgency. Um, people are still in the, well, what is Eric going to tell me to do today? Um, so since then, Sarah and I have talked down or sat down and talked. Um, and in a, in a nice way, uh, it just said these need to happen. And here here it is. This is how it needs to look. And it has to be weekly. And then we have to have a big one every month and you have got to be ready because you're the leader of this of this conversation. I'm not the leader of this conversation. You are. This is your, you know, it's her part of the company that she gets to run with. And she's super, she gets it. She's just so used to, well, Eric will pick up where I, I don't fill in. And, and I think my guys are too. Passing that baton of responsibility right? Like talking about it is one thing. Doing it is something that's entirely different. Brian, how common is this? It's completely common. It, it's, it happens 90% of the time. And, and the first thing, you know, leaders have to ask, uh, did I delegate this right? And then they ask the, um, 
accountability question first. What can I do to impact this? How can I communicate this better? And then, like he did, sort of reset expectations uh, with clarity and um, and dates. And uh, and then you're going to deal with what we call broken agreements. I mean, broken agreements are rampant. Um, I mean, the number one issue that I hear when people join us is accountability. Accountability. How do I hold people accountable? Because accountability can mean friction. And so the first thing the leader has to say is, what can I do to communicate my expectations better here? And because he's already he's already there. Eric is in his mind. Eric is having a financial meeting. He saw it. It's happening. But the other people, maybe they weren't there yet. And it's going to take a little time for him to reach down and pull them up. I would guess that a lot of it has to do with like practice and habits and, you know, mentally, Eric, you, you switched gears, but they might have to have a couple meetings before they're truly able to kind of take control. What, what was, what was the reaction during that meeting? Um, Did she meet it with, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, You know, I should have been more prepared for that. Or was there pushback? What happened? Yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't much, uh, pushback. Um, Sarah's very aware of what she's doing and what she's not doing. It wasn't, and she wasn't trying to miss the mark. Um, I think what, what I did is I painted a picture of that we're, I'm trying to put everybody in a box um, so that we're not, we're not filling other, we're not overflowing into other people's boxes and, and <clears throat> helping, we're helping, but we're not taking their jobs back. And that's what I've been doing forever. My box was like, I don't know, what do you even want to say? Like a big oblong thing that just encompassed everybody. And so I was, I was picking up where people were, were dropping, dropping the ball. Um, or if I, if I saw where it wasn't getting done, I was, I was doing it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I've just been telling everybody, I need, here's my box. This is what I am doing. This is your box. This is what you're doing. This is your box. This is what you're doing. But then within our boxes, we need to communicate and we need to do our jobs well because every box impacts everybody else's job role. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's totally on board. I, I just think it's a crazy world right now. And, and some people are swimming with things going on outside of the company and, and different things like that. And I think consistency, I think we are, I, um, we got the bookkeeper job description now that's going to streamline things. Um, and I think we're going to start hitting home runs. It's just been a, it's just been a, a struggle. Can I just speak to, to this? I mean, this is a, um, a really path in the road for always because what we're talking about here is Eric creating a culture of implementation. And uh, so what we're, what we're talking about is we don't take on too much. We're very clear what we're taking on and we knock them down. We tee them up and we knock them down. So creating a culture of implementation um, and being accountable for what we say. So anything, anything he wants to put in place now has got to follow this this culture. What's the next step? Who's who's accountable for it? When when are we going to have it done? Uh, what does done look like? That this is probably the most important lesson in in people listening to this podcast is how can I create a culture of implementation for my steps 
that are going to get me closer to my vision, right? Well, and my assumption here is, is that we can go back to the discussion of failure, right? How long do you think, you know, when, because that in all fairness, everybody's role has changed significantly in the past couple of months. Um, and that's a big life change that even if people say they're ready for it, you know, you, you don't, you don't always fully comprehend what that means. So, Brian, I mean, how many times in a situation like this would you expect to have a meeting where people aren't maybe as prepared as they need to be because they're so used to Eric swooping in that just habitually they expect that? You, you, you know, it's the third meeting. Um, I mean, people are expecting Eric to move on from this. This is just a phase. Eric mm-hmm. is part of this contest and he's got this he got this series of coaches. But Eric is fundamentally changed. Uh and so by that third meeting, if there's not um, people on board, then it's an issue of uh, are you a fit here because uh, we're doing this. You're going to have one more rough meeting. It's going to be better, Eric, than the first with your book. But you're going to do a debrief at, at the end. You're going to say, here's what worked. Here's what didn't. Here's what I'd like to see next week. So, Brian, you know, we're talking about bumps in the road. Eric is doing a tremendous job of just being honest with us and and sharing his struggles. It's incredibly helpful to everybody listening. You know, what are you hearing? What what do you see as, as an area of focus uh, that Eric needs to continue to keep track of? I mean, so he's right on track, actually. Um, when we got on a coaching call Friday, uh, we were going to be looking at his main numbers. And um, we had reports, but uh, safe to say, Eric, we didn't feel confident that the reports were an accurate reflection of of the results. So um, Eric's pivoting and he's working with his bookkeeper and Sarah to um, re- redefine the expectations. And so he's, he's on board and he's also getting Andrew, my Andrew, Amron, involved in a phone call with Sarah just to make sure the roles are uh, clear. And uh, so I think, I think, you know, it derailed briefly, but um, this is to be expected. And, uh, this gentleman to stay on the course, right, Eric? Right. Yeah, we're we're in it to win it. I think this should be like just a general rock that we always add from now on, because I feel like someone there, there's always bumps in the road. There's never no challenges. Right. So like rock number four is stick to it. Just stick with it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. We're talking about rocks. We're so deep in the mission vacation. Eric has so much on his plate. Eric and Brian have identified three rocks, three major, would you call them changes, Brian? It doesn't feel right to call them changes. What is a rock? Is it a change? Yeah, I mean, a, a rock is a uh, organizational project that, when completed, moves you closer to your vision. It has a start. It has an end. You can you can define winning. Um and uh, it, it's part of your journey. I mean, if you start with this vision and then you illuminate the pathway back and if you, you're playing hopscotch, you're hopping on big rocks. You've got to accomplish organizational development in certain areas to make that vision happen. And we're on that journey, guys. And it's, you know, sometimes you slip and your foot gets wet in the water as you're jumping from rock to rock and you just get back on. There you go. Eric is neck deep <laughs> in rocks one and two, his organizational uh, chart and restructuring 
as well as completely revamping and updating his financial system. So that's what we talked about today. In the next podcast, I think we're going to get an update on how you're doing with that. Simultaneously, Eric, you're tackling rock number three, which is recruiting and hiring the right people for your job, understanding what those roles are and, and finding the right people. Holy cow, that that's uh, that's certainly a, a hefty, heavy rock. So we're looking forward to discussing that. One last question for you, Eric. You know, you're you're a can-do guy, right? You tackle and, and you solve most problems by yourself. That's a big problem, big issue and a big focus on on what you're changing about you and your company is letting other people fix things. And so for a lot of people, the reason they do that, the reason they fix things themselves is there's a sense of that's just the easiest, quickest way to get something done. And so now you're you're delegating, you're you're empowering others to do more. And the the unfortunate byproduct is there's just got to be so much sort of unsettled about always painting. And my guess is that that's got to be kind of stressful for you. How are you dealing with the fact that so many things are unsettled and you have to let other people settle them? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's hard to sometimes sit back and watch. Um, but right now, uh, I've just really been trying to ask questions and not answer their questions, um, which I know that can frustrate them too, but I think the more I ask questions, the less questions I'm going to get because they're just going to go, well, I can call him, but he's just going to ask me the same question back. So why don't I just troubleshoot this and navigate through it myself? Because most of these guys can. They've, they've been on in these situations. Most of the, you know, I would even say a lot of times they have better ideas than me. I'll answer the question and then they'll tell me what they think. And I'm like, well, yeah. That, that was way better than what I said. Why didn't you just do that? Um, so we're, we're navigating that. Um, and I think just still, I gotta, I have to let them fail as long as it doesn't cause the company major setbacks. Um, I think it'll help us grow and, and it'll, it'll let them decide if these roles are right for them. If they, if they can handle failing and then picking up the pieces, if, if that leadership role is, is the one that they want. So that's basically what I'm doing as of right now. Love it, man. You are, <laughs> you're, you're, it's really admirable and honorable what you're doing. Uh, as I've said, every podcast and I mean it every time we slash Emily and Brian did a <laughs> excellent job in choosing you. You're doing a killer job. We love how honest and forthcoming you are on these podcasts. Uh, and everybody out there listening, man, this is, uh, you learn by example. Uh, hopefully, listening and witnessing Eric's path is revealing things about your own path. It's a great opportunity uh, to learn new things, revelations about your own business, uh, your own structure, and what you can do. So, uh, if you want to learn more about Eric Crane of Always Painting, his website is Always Painting MN, MN as in Minnesota. And by the way, always is double L. So alwayspaintingmn.com. Of course, you know, you can learn more about Nolan Consulting Group at nolancg.com. Thank you to our sponsor today, Sandbox Zero. Check them out, sandboxzero.net. And of course, learn more about APC and Mission Vacation and of definitely win that Graco sprayer 
go to paintmag.com, click on the Mission Vacation tab. The keyword again today to win the Graco sprayer is consistency. Just look for that Graco Listen and Win contest. Enter consistency as today's keyword, and boom, you're entered. One of, I think, 19 entries you can pile up to win the Graco Ultramax 2 490 Pro Electric Airless Sprayer. Keep working hard. Keep listening. Eric, Brian, you guys are awesome. Thanks for uh, spending so much time with us. Emily, thanks for letting me be on the podcast. Everybody else, have a great day.